Honey Boo Boo. Honey Boo Boo. It's like well, there we go. Okay, so let's let's reverse the joke. Let's ready and we're back to where we were five seconds ago. It's not my fault. His wife's Honey Boo Boo child. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Never in a million years have I ever heard of this story of uh, this Indian reserve being taken over by white guys. <laughs> I've never heard of this story before. Have you ever heard of this? Today we're talking about killer, kill, what the killer of the flower moon? Killers, killers of the flower moon. Yes. Killers, killers of the flower moon. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I don't think I've ever heard of this story either, but at the same part, uh, the idea of the white man screwing over the Native Americans is not a new story to me either. I yeah. learned about it in school, learned about it in, in probably many other movies. Last of the Mohicans is a good one that pops up, right? It's, yeah, it, it's uh, one of those white guilt movies, right? Where you're just like, oh, geez, it was just certain times were certainly different back then. Nah, I don't have any white guilt with it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, like, I never heard of this story before, and um, I, I I knew this movie was coming out. We were not going to go see this in theaters. We were going to see this in theaters, what I'm trying to say, but then I and you discovered that it's three and a half hours, and we do not have three and a half hours of our busy days as husbands and fathers to sit in a theater for three and a half. Thank God. I did. It took me three days to watch this movie. What it's on Apple. What is Apple Martin Plus. Scorsese doing, man? This is his... He likes making these long epics now. Yeah, well, any, any director of this age would, right? I mean, like, Tarantino has gone the distance now. How long was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? He had to cut that down to two and a half, I think, right? Right. Fincher's doing a lot of uh, longer ones. Spielberg did that later in his career, too, right? This is their this is their thing where they just are untouchable. They're Tom Brady, if yeah, you will. We got the four-hour Snyder cut, too, of Justice League, right? Right. right. I mean, I just, it's, it's, it's annoying. The last time that you and I reviewed, uh, this is a while ago, bring it Last time you and I reviewed, uh, Scorsese was with Ryan. We did the Irishman during oh, yes. the beginning, during the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. I will say that as much as the runtime does really turn me off from watching it, a lot of people were saying that you said what, like four times. I, I've had a few other friends. Three days. Yeah, yeah. A, a few other friends say that they broke it up a little bit too. And I had the, the exact same plan, where I was going to break this up into probably have different, you know, parts or episodes. I ended up killing this thing in two days, watching it in two sittings. I was really interested in this movie. I was interested in it too, and I'm just gonna go ahead and just rat ourselves out. It was very hard because I gave you my Apple Plus login, and I watched for a day and I logged in the next day and I was not where I left off. You were watching wherever you were watching. I was like, Oh no, did that happen to you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. yeah, Sarah tried to watch it as well too. And so we were trying to jump around and obviously we don't have different profiles, so we can't take advantage of it like other streaming platforms, but right. yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was a pain in the butt, but it's fine. Right. Uh, you know, so yeah, uh, we're reviewing it now. Scorsese's new film, uh, his sixth movie with DiCaprio. Can you name without looking up? Because I can. Can you name in order the films that Leo and Scorsese has done? In order? Yeah. Uh, without. D- Departed? No, that's not. No. That's not the first one? No. Nope. I don't know then. Okay, you oh, want to look it up? Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. 
Departed. No. Um, Gangs of New York 2. <laughs> you want to look it up and I'll tell you? Or just for the sake of the argument? Yeah, yeah, I'll pull it up here okay. in a second. Yeah, let me know when you're ready. Because uh, I'm actually a big fan of these two together, right? I mean, like, I, I, I do enjoy some of their work. They do a pretty good job, I, I will say, yeah. of course. Uh, here we go. Uh, All right, here we go. Yeah, oh, I see right. him now. Tell yeah. me if I'm right, okay? So, Gangs of New York. Yes. Aviator. Yes. Third one. Third one, third one, third one. Shoot. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Departed. Departed. Uh, That's three. Four would be Shutter Island. Yep. Five. Oh, shoot. I don't know five. Is this five? Nope. Oh, this isn't five. Okay, I got I got I got bad on five. What's five? Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. That's right. And then now this. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I actually like I actually like the earlier works. I kinda like uh, gangs and uh, Avatar. Uh, Avatar. Aviator. Uh Gangs I like is one of my top fifty. Yeah. Yes and, and no. I, as much as I liked gangs, I, I, I've had dreams about gangs in New York. Actually, just I, that whole uh, time of life of like Tanami Hall and, and just historically is just fascinating to me. I, I've I've right. always been drawn to that sort of just mud in the streets and and just wood house living kind of a thing. I I love right. it. State Fair kind of. It's a beautiful like where it's like the the dawn of of the new industry. You know, right. The, it's like it's like the old is still there. Yeah, but, but the new but the, is coming. Yeah, Build a Butcher is amazing. But yeah, kind of like yeah, the, I mean, the steampunk gauge a little bit. Yeah, but with that movie, it, it was it's Cameron Diaz ruined it for me in that movie. Yeah, she was horrible in the red wig. But today we're talking about Killers of the Flower Moon. This is the sixth time that Scorsese and uh, Leo have have joined forces. There's a lot of big names in this movie. Uh, one I texted you when I watched the third part, if you will. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you know how many this is with De Niro? Uh, Raging Bull. Um, <laughs> taxi Driver. Uh, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas. Okay, yes. Casino. He didn't yeah. do anything for quite some time. He did Irishman next then, right? No, no, no. Cape Fear. Yep, Cape Fear. Counselor. Um <laughs> You got them out of, I, they're out of order, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and then uh, and then Irishman, right? I mean, it took a long time, right? It's ten films. Yep. This is his tenth. Ten. You're missing okay. uh, what? Mean Streets, uh, New York, New York, okay. King of Comedy. Oh yeah, which everybody compared to the new Joker too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which is basically the same, right? Hey, you think Walter De Niro was in the Joker? He was in the Joker, ironically. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Scorsese directed Meet the Parents. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it'd be kind of funny if he did. So, yeah, I mean, like, we have a lot of great names. People are calling Oscar Buzz. Um, I knew nothing about the story. So what I did was I cheated. So I didn't read the plot. I'm very famous for reading the plot of the movie, right? Yep. But what I did was I wikied the movie, and I clicked on the actual real person, Ernest, that Leo was playing. Yep. And I read the actual story about what really happened. And then I watched the movie because I was curious what happened. By the way, anyone listening to this, if you want to save yourself three and a half hours, you can just read the synopsis. You'll, you, you, you basically get it. 
Yeah, that's what I'm going to argue about with you uh, before we talk about, you know, the big highlights and low points of the movie. But um, this movie does not need to be three and a half hours long. There's a lot of stupid choices that Scorsese does. Or, I've said it before, artistic douchebaggery. He bounces just, around a lot. Yeah, there's no this movie could have seriously been an hour and a half, maybe two. I mean, there's <laughs> no re- it's a very simple story. Right. And I'm not saying that the events in real life, people that are listening, don't tear my head off. I'm saying this is a movie. So, well, that, you know, that three and a half hour build is like because the first two hours is is building. And it's it's tension building as well, too, because you follow you're following the villains the entire time. This movie. Yeah, you basically follow the villains. Yeah. Which is famous for Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's it's tough uh, to it, it's a it's a slow, extremely slow burn, and it's tough to follow. So or not to follow, but um, it's tough not to want to fast forward to the end because you get this extreme extreme case of like justice porn, right? Where you just yeah. cannot wait for these guys to to get it at the end. You know, it, right? Justice will prevail, and there's going to be a happy ending. But so I want to. Yeah. I want to talk about it, right? So I don't want to go scene by scene, right? But I just want to tell you what the overall story is as a whole, and we kind of break it down. So please correct me if I'm wrong. This is Jordan's point of view, and everybody knows who are fans. My point of views are very interesting. But what happens, not in just movie, but also in real life, was that this this group of Native Americans, the OSAG? The Osage. Osage. The Osage Nation. In in real life and in this movie, that's the last I'm going to say it, um, they struck gold. They 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 struck oil. Texas and they, tea. And this and this family, this Os- Osage family uh, tribe, became wealthy because they struck oil. But then all of a sudden, this boomtown uh, was built because of the oil. And Robert De Niro, whoever that guy's name is in real life, uh, William something, uh, Kane, uh, right? Kane. Um, he was like, "Hey, I have an idea." This is Native American land. So oh, Hale, get, Hale, I'm sorry, William K. Hale. 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 What we got to do is we got to get all the white men to marry all the Native American women and slowly poison them because they all have diabetes to where everything gets transferred to our name. Not a very bad plan. That's a very good girl on the tracks, twirling mustache plan. You know, like that's a kind of a sneaky plan. But it fails after the third white guy, his wife, dies from the same exact thing. It's... Right? The yeah. FBI kind of figured it out pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's like not a very good plan. I Again, when you run the town and you're basically the sheriff and you kind of just know or he calls himself that and you just have everyone in your pocket and you're that political type of boss... It right. just kind of happens. I, yeah, there may be where the white guilt kind of kicks in a little bit because I do believe at one point in the movie they had said that it was easier, it would be easier to convict a man, a white man, for kicking a dog than it would be for killing an engine. Yeah, they did say that. They did say that. Also, too, did you notice, too, that the KKK was in the parade? Yeah, and that Ernest <laughs> uh, kind of knew him, too, as, as well. Right. So, 
let's 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 talk about these characters, right? Not necessarily the real people. Let's talk about the characters. I asked you a question because you haven't seen it yet. Uh, first of all, is Leo is Leonardo DiCaprio playing simple? Like not simple Jack simple, but is he is he playing dim witted, or is this because those dentures, like those, uh, oh, um, oh shoot, Godfather, um, Marlon Brando dentures? That's what it looked like. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, uh, I, I was think... he playing simple? Was it the dentures? Like what? what or am I silly? No, I think it's just the character. I think you're right that it, he's not that these people aren't the brightest. Well, right. Yeah, well, De Niro, yeah, yeah, De Niro thought he was, but yeah, he's pretty dumb. I would think, in the most part, that he he is that he had it all going for him, and he knew how to play the system. Uh, De Niro did a, a king. That's where I got confused, King, because uh, everyone called him King, right? Mm-hmm. Where he did know, and he was probably the smartest. He was the the maestro. He was orchestrating everything, and the plan mm-hmm. was basically going very well. The only person that actually screwed it all up was probably Ernest, because if Ernest at the end had stuck to the story, stuck to the script that King had laid out for him, they probably would have gotten away with it. Well, they they did, right? Because we find out later what we're talking about what happens to him. But I don't think, uh, yeah, I mean, like, sure, I will agree with you. Ernest was the one that ruined the plan for him because he was the only guy that I think generally loved his husband. I loved his wife. I think every other guy that married their wife didn't actually care. I think they were like, yes, sir, well, you know, whatever you're seeing, you know, whatever you say, De Niro, you bow down to you, you know, because didn't one guy's wife died and then three weeks later he married another one or something? Yeah, Bill Smith was the guy's name, and uh, Minnie died, and two weeks later he married her sister Rita. Right, who was uh, a sister of Molly, who was Ernest's wife. Yeah, one of the, four, is, one of the four sisters. Oh, right. Okay, so Robert De Niro's plan is there are these four sisters, so he needs these four guys, or just in general, to marry these women and somehow convince people that they all have diabetes and they're going to give them insulin, but they're going to mix poison into the insulin and kill them slowly. They did have diabetes because they were eating too much of the white man food. And oh, they actually did have diabetes? Yeah, I did a little, uh, some research on this too, and it, this was very common because a, a lot of times as well, too, you would think that, well, if the Osage knew all this, why why even marry the white man in the first place? And right. a big part of it that they not necessarily glossed over but maybe didn't go too much into explanation of was the guardianship that at this time, even though that the Osage had all this money, they needed basically a a white guardian to be able to uh, act as the person to get their money. They were uh, unable to just walk into the bank and be like, hi, you know how that's all my money? I'd like to withdraw some. They would go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We can't just give you your money now. You know, it's we have to give you know give us a reason. So that's why oftentimes you would have the Osage or the person, the family member going in there to have a valid reason, like we saw with Molly, or who was it, Henry Roan, the uh, kind of the man Indian that was uh, best friends with with King mm-hmm. as he was driving in. And Ernest had said, "Whose land is this?" He goes, "It's my land." And it's because. 
king was his guardian, was his sponsor there. So the Indians could not touch any of their money without a white guardian. And it's just easier just to marry if you're one of the women. It sounds like uh, slavery back in the day, but not. Yep. You know what I'm trying to say. Like That's exactly um, what it is, but that's uh, just the white uh, man law. I'm surprised there wasn't a sign that said Native Americans this way. Um, so Ernest is a World War One vet, right? This yeah. takes place from, what, 1919 to 19 to 1929, 1926, like a 10-year span. Yeah. Was he was he cook, mess hall or something? He was he was a cook for World War One. He comes back, and he's a taxi driver for his uncle, and one of his first cab fares is Molly. A uh, little thing, just because I watch YouTube all the time, but uh, it's a stupid little throwaway, but I found it fun. The scene where he first drives Molly and she says something and he Leo turns around and says, I don't know what you just said, but I, I think that's engine for that's a handsome fellow. And she laughed. Uh, that was all genuine. That was not scripted. He just literally said that. And she was the actress thought that was hilarious. I thought the uh, actress uh, who's nominated, by the way, they, they already released the nominations for the Oscars. Is this her first role? This is not her first role. Uh, Lily Gladstone is is her name, but she is nominated, and I think she is a big deal because she is of Native American heritage, being nominated, and uh, I think the last person to win was, what, that one from Marlon Brando? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, she's yeah. been in many, uh, many other things. Right. So... I would like to say this movie's in two parts. I don't know if you and I are going to be in disagreement on this. Um, the two parts, in my opinion, is you got that slow burn, right? You got that two hours of building up and building up. And then I would say the second half is when the neighbor's house explodes and things start to ramp up more, right? And the FBI comes in at that point. When the FBI comes in, I feel it's a different movie. And I actually enjoy the FBI part through the end. I don't like the first part that much. Not because it's boring. It's because I just don't understand the director's choice of stalling this out for two hours. The only like, way I that mean, I can think of is so you are kind of in the in the same feeling of of the Osage, where it's it's just frustrating that you know what's happening. You you clearly know what's happening, but right. there's just simply nothing you can do about it. Right. Yeah, I I found it interesting that uh, that Robert De Niro would take uh, strong um, Osage guys and put insurance policies on them. Yep, exactly. Well, that's you know that's the guardianship right there, right? Right. And then he's like he's like this guy can't die. He's a melancholy, melancholy, melancholy. Melancholic, and I was like, "Oh, is that a Smashing Pumpkins album? <laughs> you proud of me on that one? Good one. It was a good you one, like buddy. Yeah, proud like of that. me on that yeah, one. That was good. You like that? You like tonight, tonight? Um, but he has to. He cannot die for ten more months. I found that interesting. Yeah, so he has to keep him alive, and yeah, just the way that the that first introduction of the murders, where they were mm. talking about, like you know, so and so." You know, 29, died, no investigation. So-and-so, died, no investigation. So-and-so, suicide, no investigation. And it's just like, God, man, that is that is jarring. Doesn't happen anymore now, does it, bud? Yeah, I hope not. And they also well, made mention in this movie about the um, the Tulsa massacre, uh, massacre as well. 
They did. They did talk about that. Yeah. Was like uh, Robert De Niro said that or something, right? Did you hear about what happened in Tulsa? Because it's basically of the same story almost where, yeah, just white people just trying to get some some money and if they can't have it, then they'll burn it. Right. Um, which, have you ever watched the Watchmen show that started out in Tulsa? Anyway. Yeah, um, no, that's, a, that's a good series. So... It's very hard not to talk about the end just because of everything that happens in the movie leading up to the end. But, okay, so how does this happen? So tell me if I get turned off on it. So Robert De Niro convinces uh, Ernest, which is very easily convincing that man to do things, (laughs) uh, that he needs to court Molly. He needs to marry her. I don't think necessarily he says her in particular. I think he lightly suggests that, hey, a good way for you to make it so you don't have to worry about a whole lot is if you marry an engine woman and just take her money, basically. And there's then they go into a very little bit about how there's this kind of breed of these husbands these white husbands who are lazy right they don't oh, yeah they don't do any work they just goof off they drink all day they're obviously going to like brothels or you know underground gambling and something like that too and they're just using everyone else's money basically they're just they're right just doing that it's uh yeah deadbeats which a lot of these guys that marry these women are and um he does the one thing that the other men don't, right? In my opinion, he he falls in love with her. He actually, gen- I will say that the acting that Leo does is really good, and and the actress too that plays Molly. I believe that they actually did love each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I could tell that they loved each other to a certain degree. You know how like you know how like two people are eighty years old. They've been married for like forty years, fifty years, and they're just like, yeah, you know, I hate you. But I love you. And that goes back to your comment earlier about how is Ernest or is Leonardo DiCaprio playing dim? And yeah, I think he's just one of those types of people where he doesn't really know a whole lot better. He respects this King guy. He's just going to go along with the word and Mm -hmm. that's, and that's the plan. And you can see like when it comes to the insulin part, like deep into the insulin part Mm -hmm. when he's helping her that, like he's just going along with it, but there's a few moments there where it really felt like he's like, "This is this is bad. I I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this." As he takes the needle, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be. That's, that's me at the casino as I go to the ATM. No, no, no stop! Yeah. Don't stop! We shouldn't be doing it. Boop boop boop. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, but you know what though? F him though, because like I believed him. You're like, I shouldn't be doing this. I don't know what's going on. Until like he, we see blatantly towards the middle of the movie where he puts the other poison vial into the actual, mixes it with the insulin. I was like, that guy, that guy, that guy's done. He's, he's a jerk. I don't believe him on anything, you know. And there's those little parts, those little details that Scorsese puts in there because the two brothers, the doctors who were in mm-hmm. on this whole thing too, because the whole town is really in on this plan. I would say for the most part, maybe not mm-hmm. the whole town, but. He, the majority of the town is in on this plan, right? Just to take to move into Fairbanks, take take the engine money, and then leave, or stay actually and kill them off because their right. time their time on Earth has passed. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a part where a Ernest is, uh, or they're telling him, all right, the whole vial, the whole vial. You got to put the whole vial in there. And we see clips of Ernest not putting the whole vial. He, like leaving just those, just that little little drops. Yeah, those little that little end at the you know just putting it in his whiskey drink or or kind mm-hmm. of just dumping it out or just not putting it all together. So there is that guilty conscience that he that he does have. Still, it just he doesn't have. It, he's though. too much of a coward to do anything about it. Hundred percent. That's a good word. He is a coward. Yeah, I mean, like he's gonna do whatever his uncle says. He even backtracks towards the end of the movie. We'll we'll talk about that. But it's like, I mean, like. What makes this movie good is because I hate Ernest. Yeah. I like physic. I like physically hate Ernest. Like, like if Ernest was in front of me, I would I'd smack him. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, I and hate his brother him. too. Like the the whole uh, uh, all those guys. All those guys are bad. But the reason why that I hate Ernest because we're supposed to follow Ernest. It's his story in this movie that we are following him and Molly's right. So. He's the guy that you don't want to put the poison into the insulin, but he so just follows blindly to his uncle because, I mean, like, is it because he, because he knows his uncle uh, does wax on other guys, like wax guys? Yeah, is it I think it's because he's, he's afraid he's of get whacked? Yeah. I think he's, he's oh. scared of, uh, well, not, is that what you're trying to say? That, that he's, he's... He's scared he's going to get killed. He's going to get whacked, yeah. Put him in a, yeah, because... I think it, when you saw with Bill Smith, who really was on the side of the Osage, who really did seem, and, and here at first, Scorsese did a good job with this because at first it's like, so there's something off about this guy, how he goes right. from, from one sister to the other, and it's like, well, geez, that guy's completely after the money, mm-hmm. and then you find out a little bit later, especially because they hire a private investigator. Right, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he comes in, and then uh, you find out. Oh well, did you know that Bill Smith's doing his own investigation? Type of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I did not know that. And you, you, he really does a good job. Scorsese does a good job misdirecting, because you think that this guy's up to, to no good. Bill Smith's up to no good. But then later on in the movie, you find out. Wait a minute, this guy actually. I think is is the only good guy, and right. when they start to kind of reveal a little bit more that it was Ernest and his brother, the one that uh, kind of beat uh, the prior investigator and got him out there, that they're the ones that did all the tasks to hire Black Tops, you know, to do all these uh, you know um, killings and everything else to the to the Osage, and and to eventually kill Bill Smith and Rita, that yeah, uh, he was uh, the the one person. Maybe in seeing that, that mm-hmm. being that good guy, being the person whose sides with the Osage is going to get you blown up. Yeah, I, I was I was completely shocked knowing that Bill. Not shocked, but I was I guess shocked, enthralled. I don't know what the word would be, but like <laughs> yeah, just be like, oh my god, Bill is. Oh wow, Ernest is doing this nonsense. Yeah. So what? So what you were talking about for people who may have seen the movie and don't know what we're talking about, who have not yet, is the Osage is is starting to get frustrated with those with these murders. So they hire a private investigator, and Robert De Niro ain't gonna have any of that. They first ask uh, or get their money together to have 
one of the guys, uh, I forgot what his name was, to I can look it up here. Go quick. to Washington. To go to Washington D.C. to hire investigators to go to the the Indian Council or something like that, yeah. and to hire them private investigator to come back. And then we see that that guy, who, a white guy, that he gets killed. Yeah, right. So like, um, doesn't he like go somewhere? Somebody gives him a warning, like, "Hey, you better watch your back. Something's gonna happen." As soon as he walks out, like just murder in the street. Cold blood, right. man. It's just, there's some there's some interesting murders in this. Can I tell you one that actually kind of breaks my heart? Because um, I thought it was done very well. Was it uh, was it Blackie Thompson or was it somebody else that uh, was supposed to befriend uh, the Native American that um, uh, that was supposed to live for ten months? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Hen- uh, Henry Roan was the Indian, but he, yeah, uh, I know you're talking about. They were. It was not Blackie Thompson. It was one of the other uh, distillers or the uh, uh, right. moonshiners. Excuse me. He befriended him. Like like his mission was to kill him. And he be- these guys were friends. They went to brothels. They went to casinos, if you will. They were they were drinking buddies. Not great. I mean, that's not a good idea, right? But these guys were guys were drinking buddies. They were friends. Yeah. And he was so. And what made it uh, John Ramsey was his name. Was. Uh, for me, what made it heartbreaking is that John liked him so much that he knew he still needed to kill him, but he forgot that it was supposed to look like a suicide. And I'm sorry, a suicide's not shooting at the back of the head. Uh, it, again, for that town, as long as the gun is there, you can just be like, well, that was it. Oh, that's the other part, too, um, was the autopsies that they were doing. Yeah, dude. So uh, Molly's sister... We know she gets shot. We get the details later in the film, but let's just go with that part, right? So the two guys uh, take her out to the middle of the woods. She keeps on saying, too, she's like, you guys are going to kill me. They, they get her drunk. Yeah, Byron and Kelsey, uh, and Anna is the sister's name. Yeah, yeah. I like Anna. She is, she's a smart smart girl. She knows, she knows what was going on, and she was just kind of just – Drinking. She was drunk. Yeah. I, well, that's really all thing I think she could do is just go with the fire water and wake up for tomorrow. I think that's that's well not, you know. But like that's what I think what she was doing is just like, all right, well, I'll just live live hard right now because I don't know when I'm, I'm going to happen. But yeah, you're right. Like she seemed like she knew it was coming, and she did. She was like, "You guys are going to kill me." They're like, "No, we're not. We're not." Now, was she being poisoned too? No. So I don't who think was poisoned. Was Molly the only one that was being poisoned? That was with the insulin. Yeah, they had said before that there were a few other jobs were had done with the poisoning. Uh, later on, when you had the Tom White, uh, the FBI agent by Jesse Plemons, basically just finding the guy on the street, an old old man in the street, and be like, "I'll tell you all was, about it. I'll tell you, I seen it." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where it was just basically just him saying that, yeah, you know, we would we tested on a few dogs and would poison some of that, and then we started poisoning some other ones. But yeah, you, you they switched it up just to kind of obviously throw in a, a bit of variety, so mm-hmm. it didn't seem too suspect because then otherwise nobody would drink. Right. Um. I'm I'm never gonna say this again in a show. Uh, probably, so I just want to get this, just my feeling off of it. I know it's a movie, but one thing that I noticed, like, we have seen people get shot in the head hundreds of times, thousands of times in movies, right? Right? 
And there's always not a realism to them. But as movies get more modern and technology, they make it more realistic. What disturbed me was I personally have never seen somebody get shot in the head and what happens to the body. But it's like every single person that got shot in the head in this movie just instantly goes limp and just falls like in these weird positions, you know. And for some reason, that disturbed me. It was just like, oh, that's probably how it actually is, right? Because their brain's dead. I mean, they're done. It's, I, you know what I mean? No, no, I, I get it. You never went into like those uh, those death websites or when internet no. was new, faces no, of I death or you know anything like that. No, the, the the furthest I got was two girls, one cup. <laughs> <laughs> right, the cartel videos. I mean, I tell you, I've I see a lot of it that it definitely desensitized me. I, I, you know, I regret, but I don't. It's right. No, I just, I'm like, is that how it is from the videos that you've seen then? Like, do you get shot in the head? You just go limp in this weird position and fall. Yeah. And it, depending on where you get shot too, the, the, it, the blood doesn't uh, instantly pour it, you know, but it does react. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually yeah. It, it does. But a lot of times, especially if it's close range, because it, it, the other thing is, is the noise. A lot of things that we see in movies, they, when you fire a gun, it's always muzzle flare. Boom. Boom! Right. You know, in this net. Right. No, in this one, it's it's just a little. It's a cock back and a pop. And, right. And that's about it. Right. It's, no. It's, um, and it's instant. So how they did Anna, just seeing that where it was just, ah, it just seemed so casual for them. And then after they're just like, all right, well we're done. Might as well just go back. Yeah. Right. Just keeping it cash. Right. Yeah. Because she was. She was. Anna was in the little creek. But she's. You guys are going to kill me. She's drunk. He was. No, we're not. No, we're not. And then. How she goes limp and falls. The only thing that I saw that we can move on that uh, uh, that was a real uh, execution online was uh, remember that band Filter, and they made a song called "Hey Man, Nice Shot," yeah. where some from political guy shot himself in the mouth on live on TV. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That's the only Bill one Buckner, I saw. Right? Yeah, he shot himself in blood. For that's the only thing I ever saw. Um, that's a good song. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, no, but yeah, no, that, no, that guy had a, a big old gun, but yeah. Yeah. No, but anyway, so let's move on. Uh, I'm just saying that what I'm trying to say with all this is that I actually praise Scorsese for the realism because this movie does one thing very well, and it makes me want to take a shower. This movie is dirty, right? It just It just has this dirt and grime about it. The people are dirty people, um, metaphorically and is in reality as well. Uh, one thing that I noticed, I don't know if you noticed either, was the buildup of the town and the community throughout the years. Because the movie never says 1919 and 1922, right? It just keeps going. It jumps. It, it jumps. So, like, one of the things I kind of like was the was their house, right? Ernest and Molly's house. When they first got together, it was just it was this shack of a house, if you will, in the middle of open field. And then as the movie progresses, their house gets a porch and it becomes more modern. I'm assuming it's the same house. They're in a neighborhood. Right. And now it eventually expands to a neighborhood and they have streets and they have street lights, you know, and then the town, the actual main streets growing longer and longer and longer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I really enjoy this. This is a very smart idea. What directors would think of something like that? Or um, So my question was. That house that they were at originally when they were married, is that the same house when it's more of a modernized house? Or did they move? Or was everything being built around them? I know it's kind of silly, but I'm just questioning what you think. Like, No, originally, 
And uh, yes, uh, uh, the family was being slowly poisoned as well. But originally, it was her. She would go to her mother's house, and she was just staying there. Okay. And so, uh, hold on, let me find out the, the mother's name here. Um, Lizzie Q. So originally, that was the house that they would go to because that was that was the family house. Okay. And I, I'm pretty sure that that's where they had stayed at. But then after the mom had died and after a lot of the sisters had died, eventually they had moved out into their own place. Okay, okay. So that wasn't the house that they expanded. Uh, Lizzie Q. Uh, unless that was unless they did live in that same house and that was the house built up around them. That's but, what I thought. Yeah. Um, because the towel was building around them. Yeah, not too sure, but, I, you know, there was a lot of people in that house. Yeah. Um, also, too, the kids get born and age of kids. Um, Lizzie Q. So I'm going to assume that this was a fake owl, right? But um, she is Molly's mom, and she knows what's going on. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty now, sure that that again, she was being slow, slowly poisoned too. At least that's what the synopsis is kind of alluding to or saying. Well, well, somebody made a comment in the movie, and a character I don't know if it was De Niro or some B character said that Osage don't live past sixty or something like that. Yeah, they don't live very long. They don't very, live 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 very long. So it's like, did she get poisoned? Did she die of the age of sixty? I don't know. But she got whisked away. They you know, wasting disease is what they called it. Mm. And, and yeah, it's basically just them slow poisoning. So what, what, whatever this poison is. So everybody's involved, right? And eventually Ernest gets, not doesn't get, but Ernest is duped to be like, dude, you got you to gotta poison your wife, bud. He's like, all right, I will. I will poison my wife, right? And he starts doing it, man. And she's, she's oof, that actress. I believe she was sick sweating she had the vomit uh i don't know what do you call it <laughs> vomit bucket i guess always around her sweating just oh she looked miserable right well it was even more it's just because again she knows that she was being poisoned and she i think assumed it was another someone else trying to kill her and she never Not suspected hers, yeah. the the husband and she even gave orders right like go directly to the train she thought it was the doctors at first just those the doctors that were poisoning her. She wasn't wrong. Mm. Well, technically, no, she wasn't wrong. Um, and then and then she was hallucinating, asking, like, are you real? You know, she's just done. And then she kind of has this hallucination with Ernest, and she's just like, the man in the hat's coming, the man in the hat's coming. And there's a knock on the door. And my dude, who what's his name that I like so much? Jesse Plemons. I like this guy. I like this guy a lot, and I'm smiling because I think he's going to have a continuing to have a good career. This dude is making smart choices. I first saw him in Breaking Bad. We reviewed him in El Camino. Uh, what did he do recently that we did? Say uh, the movie, Jordan. Say it. I don't know. Say the movie, Jordan. Power don't of the Dog. Do not pretend like you don't know, Jordan. Power of the Dog. You and I love that movie. Jordan. Yeah. We're going to have to review this movie, man. If Why? you're not going to say it. Oh, Game oh, night. oh, 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 date night. <laughs> is that, is it was that finger night? meaning, was that a number one that you put up there? Was that, was that what that <laughs> finger was? Oh, he's been I, you in, know in a lot of other movies. Yes. He, he was what? in like black mass. He was in uh vice. Yeah. He's, he's, he's in a lot. And I, I'm like, dog, it, like you said. every time I see him, I, I like, can I, can I make one side comment real quick? 
Of course. Um, whenever we decide to retire from podcasting, right? These shows are going to be the internet probably forever, right? Mm -hmm. I would love for listeners to like listen to our very, very first review and listen to every episode as we, you know, go until retirement and just go on this journey of date night, game night. And just, you know, that'd be like, that'd be, that'd be like, that'd be like an Easter egg, you know, every so often for them, you know, cause it'd be like a thing for them. So we have uh, very few running gigs. Yeah. So it's a little fun thing. Um, the beer's hitting. So here comes this guy, FBI agent. What is his character's name? Tom White. White or White? A hard H. It's Tom, okay, Tom, Tom White, you know. Tom but... White. For Finally, he's playing a good guy, right? And Tom's just like, dude, like, okay, so this is, again, I, I guess my history screwed up, but he said that he's a part of the Bureau of Investigation. And um, who would shoot? Oh, my God. Hoover, right? No. Hoover. No. Yeah, Jager Hoover. Yeah, Jake Hoover. Uh, he talked about that Hoover started this, right? So this was, this was right before Depression time. Then, yes, this is right before it, and we have the FBI, and the FBI is here, and he's talking at, to Ernest. At this point, it's just the BOI, the Bureau. Oh, it's just the okay. It's not the FBI. Oh, well, it later becomes that, but he right. calls himself Bureau of Investigation. Mm-hmm. He has tons of guys in suits, and they know what's going on. What happens was Molly takes like $20,000 or something and goes and sees the president in Washington. Calvin Coolidge. Who is, you want to know about age? I looked it up because my grandfather's 97. That was his first president when he was a kid. Woo. <laughs> and she talks to me. He's like, our people are being murdered. We need help. And eventually they bring the FBI in. And Ernest is guilty right off the bat, right? Because here's here's the FBI guy. He's like, hey, man, um, here to talk to your wife. He's like, oh, man, she's sick, man. She, no, she can't. No, man, you can't do that. He's just like, can I talk to her? No, man, come, uh, come Friday. He's like, all right, I'll come Friday. Like, BS on that, right? Like, right there, you know. Yeah. It's, You're right. It, it really did not take these guys very long. It, you you pop one, and then everything else fell pretty hard, like a house of cards there, right? These guys were just willing. Like, Blackie Thompson was the first one, and then I think after every time that one of the henchmen, or the lackeys, whatever the hell, found out that they were, they'd been had by one of the Burkharts or... or William Hale, they're you know they're just like, all right, I'll tell you everything, and I'm sure that when they, when they told him everything, that it lined up with the other stories previous, and they had themselves a pretty easy case, pretty easy case, and then they get Ernest, uh, eventually, right, and uh, yeah, go ahead. they get Ernest eventually, and they make him stand. I find that little thing funny, right? They they make him stand, they don't let him sit, and that that's their interrogation on him. Did you notice during that time too, and uh, basically since uh, the FBI or the Bureau had, had come, is that every time that he was lying, he would have flies around him. Yeah, what was that? Was that just because Scorsese thought? or You'd think maybe just because, you know, flies are attracted to BS. 
Nice. Nice. Okay. All right. Very valid. Yeah. Um, and this is where Ernest sings like a canary at this point, right? He, he says, you know, this is happening. Oh, by the way, when this is happening, the FBI gets uh, Molly and takes her to a hospital. Yeah. Because she's all messed up. Now, the FBI has also like a Native American with them, too, that, right? That's kind of like playing uh, both sides, if you will, right? He's kind yep. of double right? He's with them. Um, they invest, uh, they interrogate the doctors. The doctors won't give, those guys are guilty, right? They're like, well, I don't recall, you know, you, it was the, them hacking up the body parts. I think is when that really gave them away because, you know, Oh, you were trying to find the bullet. I was like, yep. And we couldn't find it. It's like, well, she was out in the head, right? So, yep. So you, and you didn't find it. You're like, nope. Didn't find it. So, well, then why'd you hack up the rest of the body? Kind of. Yeah, like, why did you literally cut off the limbs trying to find the bullet? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, a lot of those things that were very incriminating, and, again, it's one of those where you want that justice to happen, but... Mm-hmm. Kind the of magic the bullet theory, right? Yeah, yeah. The bullet went this way, then it went that way, and we thought it was in her leg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, We didn't geez. know where that bullet was, yep. That bullet just, just whims and wazzled. Don't worry, in 1963, it'll happen again. Um, I just... God, these guys, man, like these guys think they're just untouchable, right? So the FBI makes Ernest make a deal, right? Hey, you you confess and we will protect you and you, we will not charge you, right? Now, I think it was the daughter dying that really set Ernest off. Was that okay? Okay, hey, 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 I gotta ask you this, right? I'm sorry. Those are always hard scenes for me to watch when a little girl dies. Since you're a dad of a little girl now, is that hard or is it not hard for you yet? It's about the same. I understand that a lot of people are like, oh, being a parent now, it's like, what are you talking about? It was hard before. I, I, I'm also a, a brother of two younger sisters, too. So you you see that, and it's going to be tragic no, no matter what. Me being sure. a, a dad now, it doesn't make it any uh, more or less tragic because it's always the same level of severity. It's always right. the same tragic kind of thing where it's just like, uh. but I'm also able to, and again, maybe this is just because of the de- desensitizing through everything else, separate a lot of the art from real life. So I know that watching it, it's very hard and tragic, but the same part, like we just got, we just watched like 30 other Indians get murdered and nothing sure. happening to him, too. Whereas this little right. girl died because of a whooping cough. And it was probably because she didn't get the proper treatment from them damn doctors. You, know, you probably uh, just... No, no, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm, no, because cause didn't Molly's cousins or somebody took the baby to, like, help them? Something like that, but... Yeah, they, it, they, they took the I'm baby. sure there's more oh. detail about it, about it somewhere. But you know how... Um, they had made comments about those kids before, right? About the... Uh, it looks like an eclipse... If you remember that, you know, one's dark and one's white. Right. Yeah. That's it, actually a good scene too, right? When they're around the dinner table, middle of the movie and, and Ernest and Molly are like, Hey, we're pregnant again for third number three. And like Robert De Niro's just looking at me like, you can read his face. You stupid son of a gun. We got to kill another one, <laughs> you know, like stop doing it. And then Ernest is hilarious. Well, I just, I just do what a husband does with his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he likes them. Uh, yeah, I just I just I just do I what I like them. Red, white, or blue. 
I love that. That's such a stupid. <laughs> I don't see color. You know, I just, I just like them. I like the plump ones. <laughs> I like the PAWG ones. <laughs> yeah, but uh, De Niro has the very De Niro look on his face. <laughs> no, yeah, his face was just like so mad. He was just like, "I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me?" Face. You know, like he was just like, are you serious, dude? You just do this again? Uh, yeah, but the daughter dies of whooping cough. She's. Yeah. I'll and, tell you. I'll tell you what to go back onto that. The having a kid uh, or seeing it on on screen. I I think again still it is. I'm not you know doing any more tears tears than I already was. But there was a scene. I'll tell you where that pissed me off was the uh, the moonshiner Kelsey, mm-hmm. one of the guys who killed Anna. When there was a scene where he was talking about, uh, he went to the the bank guy or the insurance guy, and he was talking about like, all right, so, you know, my wife just died, kind of thing. Now, if my kids were to die, I would inherit everything. Yes. And the banker is like, you do realize that you're asking this me to <laughs> implicates me and in, in all this stuff too. That bothers me. That yeah, that is. that would would I think bother me more the conspiracy to or the act of of thinking of killing a child or you know to that rather than actually like seeing the body on screen. Sure, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, also, I also like how Robert De Niro starts getting rid of all the people, kind of like the uh, kind of like the Goodfellas moment, right, where all the main players that we've seen throughout the whole movie start getting killed. Where it's like Robert De Niro says to the shop owner, "Hey, tonight at eleven o'clock, two guys and a and a third guy are going to come and they're going to try to break in, you know, just so you know." And they do, and shotgun to the chest. You know, that's like, a good the, move by by King, by the way, too. That's a very good move. The, very, to very to good. seal up all the loose ends by yeah. giving them loaded jobs there to get them killed. Yeah. Hey, man, I heard this job. This story 11. Hey, you know? Shut. Can't ask a dead man. No. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So now this is where Molly's on her last limb, right? And the FBI saves the day. They save her. They get her back to her fighting self. And Ernest has promised immunity as long as he testifies. Now, now we're going to trial. Now we're another movie again. And Brendan Fraser is Robert De Niro's lawyer. And the that prosecutor was, did, is did John you know he, John Lukow. Like, did you know these two guys were in the movie? No. Uh, there was a lot of uh, kind of surprise faces. In fact, I saw the guy who played uh, Foggy Nelson in, in the background here in a not speaking role. I was like, is that Foggy Nelson? <laughs> uh, the guy who plays uh, Fulton from Mighty Ducks. Oh, man. Hold on. Fulton, um, hold on. Let me, let me, let me get Foggy Nelson, not John Favreau. Eldon Henson is the guy's name. Yeah, Fulton. That's the part of the Bash Brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, in the Daredevil Netflix series, he plays Matt Murdock's best friend, Foggy Nelson. He would. He was also in Butterfly Effect. If you remember that. The 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 butterfly effect, the movie that I watched every day for a year because it came out right when I was seventeen. When it, you know, and oh well, then you should certainly know who he is, right? Yeah, I know exactly who he is. All right then. Yeah. No. Um. You like that statement? Oh, the butterfly effect that I watched every day for a year because I was seventeen. The movie was perfect for a seventeen-year-old boy. 
in 2003. Come on. Hey, everyone had their own pick, you know. Obviously, a lot of, I don't know. My sister picked 13. I don't know why the hell you'd watch that movie. And then, hey, at least you were one of those Darty Darko kids, right? Um, I mean, like, I was, can I say since you brought that were up? Were you a Darty went... Darko kid? No, I wasn't. So, um, since Give you brought me all that the up. you can muster. Segway. Um, not a Segway, but like a off the thing. Um, God, dude, I was like 17, 18 years old. Like it was senior year of, of, uh, of high school, went to a party, a strange house party. Don't know who the people are, you know, but I was with a friend and in the basement, everybody was hanging out watching this movie. And it was, a, it was the, it was the, um, it was Donnie Darko. Right. But it was the scene where I walked down the basement where it was the bunny on the, um, on the golf course. Yep. And I was like, what, what, what's this? I didn't see it till three years later in college. But anyway, um, so Ernest then gets we also find out that Ernest is a part of the Masons or he's not a part of the Masons. People call him brother. But Robert De Niro is part of the Masons. I got to talk to Ed, see if this is how they do things, see if they spank you. And <laughs> of uh, course they do. And uh, Brendan Fraser's like, now, listen here, le- listen here, Ernest. You're dumb. What are you doing? You know, you you got to you got to change your story. And said the FBI beat you, and you know, and, and and they made you do these things. It's like God. This is why I still say that Ernest is is dimwitted. Like the FBI gave him, like we're not going to charge you. Yeah. Like, why? Why is he doing this? Is it because it, it, the my only conclusion is because he's dimwitted. Well, I again, I think the guilt caught caught up to him. Even though that he's just like, well, the government gave me a a, a good plea deal, King or Hale uh, still knows that like you you actually believe that like they're not gonna give you anything, boy. They're gonna tell you whatever the hell they you know they need to, so they can, whatever they can get out of you. So it just don't do that, you know. F the police. Stick with your story. Stick with us because if you stick with us, then you know in this story. You know they have nothing else to say otherwise, and he's and he's right, hundred percent. Really, you think that? I don't know, ab- man. The absolutely. FBI didn't seem like they were going to screw. I don't know, man. They seem like they were going to work with Ernest here. Listen, but they they keep on looting over and over to the point that because these are are white men, that basically it's their word versus any evidence that they had. Here's another part too: when Jesse Plemons, uh, when Tom White came. And he was talking with the Osage uh, during the, the tribal councils, or if you want to call it. They called him out. And they're just like, are you here because we had sent and paid? Or are you here because you found a dead white man from our county in on your steps? It, and like that's that's a huge point right there. Because, yeah, of course. It, we I got the feeling that that's probably what it was. Because when Molly went to go to Calvin Coolidge and say, oh, yeah, people are dying. He, we only saw the back of his head. You didn't even see, he, he just went, mm, okay, and then just walked on. You know, just like, oh, oh well, that sucks for you. All right, well, I hope you get that figured, figured out. And, then just, and just walked away. So, yeah, I, I really do think, and then I'll tell you what even validates that even more, and this is the horrible part of it. Uh, hearing how all these guys got out of jail, all of them have life sentences, and then they all get out of jail like what, five, ten years later for good behavior. Yeah, let's talk about the ending, right? So um, 
Ernest's daughter dies of whooping cough, and he's able to go to the funeral. They don't do that stuff nowadays, right? Times have changed a little bit. Uh, but you know, they go to the, you know, he goes Depending to the funeral. on the circumstance, I believe that they that they allow some sort of leave. But again, you know, it's not going to be. That's, they're going to let different. a serial killer out for a day. Yeah, no, they're not going to let Gacy go out. But no, they'll, um, they'll let the governor's son go out for for you know for a birthday party or something. I'm sure. Right, and there's a clown there. Casey. So, uh, but this, but after this scene, though, right? This is where this is where we get Molly confronting Ernest, and she gets her confirmation without him saying anything. Did you know that you were poisoning me? And he went, Nah, I don't want to. Right? Oh, it, it, oh it was the way did. that she asked it. I, I think this yeah. is her Oscar moment, to be honest. Really, you think so? The the way that she just has that look on her face and, and, and he's just like, you know, I'm, I'm a clean, I've told everything, all the truth that I can tell kind of a thing. And she just has that look where she, she like almost sees through him, sees this mm-hmm. new person, this person who's not her, her husband anymore. She sees Ernest. She asks, what else did you give me? What were you giving me? As if to say, here's your moment. I'm giving you this moment right now. If you truly wanted to absolve yourself and come clean and do everything, here is your moment. And Ernest can barely even look at her and still chooses the lie to, you know, to and say it was insulin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think it's because that guilt is, is too much, but he also knows that he does love this woman. You're right. That he, and he knows that if he were to say it, it would destroy maybe any fabric that of of that he would have left. It's the one thing that he has. I don't think he loves her anymore. Like I, I truly feel that, and again, everybody sees it differently, but I feel that he loved her. He truly did love her until the day he decided, or the movie showed us that he was giving her the poison with the insulin. Because you would not do that. Then you got a. Uh, you know, then you got a whole other situation. What's that famous girl right now that everybody's talking about? Who's mom? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Right. Uh, Daisy, not Daisy, but something like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's going on at that, right? Munchhausen syndrome. Yeah, yeah, Munchhausen? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that is. My, well, maybe it's not that, but it's it's the same ballpark. Do you agree with me, you know? No, like, I, well, now I got to look it up because you're making me. Right. Yeah. What's her name? Just hold on. I mean, a, a, a gypsy. Gypsy. Gypsy Blanchard. Yeah. And she's out. She had a life sentence and she was out. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I mean, yeah. But I mean, like, the reason why I brought up Gypsy was just because of I believe he loved her. I truly believe the character loved her. But then as soon as he gave her that first shot of poison, he was like, now. Nah. I mean, like, at that point, I don't think he loved her. And if he truly did, as the movie continued on, he would have told her right in her face, yes, I did what my uncle said, and I poisoned you. Yeah. You know what? I, I, like, I, he, he yeah. poisoned your wife, dude. I, I, yeah, you're right. But there might be a part where he, he felt like, oh, I'm, I'm too deep into this. Maybe right after Bill and Rita got blown up. That was a crazy scene, right? They go to bed, and all of a sudden, the, the windows blow out you know, of the house, and it's like, they're and then like Bill is screaming, shoot me, shoot me, because he's all blown up. And then they pick up Rita and her back of her head's blown out. Like I'm glad they kept a lot of that detail and those gruesome parts in there because it just adds to kind of you know how, how angry you you get really watching it. Yeah, no. 
so you were saying, so let's go with it. Um, the ending of it and what happened in real life is uh, Robert De Niro's character gets a life sentence, but he gets out in less than 10 years for good behavior. And uh, he dies in the 60s. This one shocked me. Ernest gets out in five, 10 years for good behavior. And he goes back to the city. And he lives in a trailer park with his brother, and he dies in 1986. So actually, if you read his story, uh, he gets out, and then he goes back because he robbed his sister-in-law's house with another woman that he was with, I think. And so he basically just keeps his life of crime going. And then He's just a he, jerk. Yeah, and then eventually, yes, he lives in a rat-infested trailer with his brother, and uh, eventually dies. Uh, apparently, as I was reading his bio, he had uh, requested to be cremated and spread over the Osage village. And according to his son, he he said that he just dumped it over a bridge. His son, cowboy, <laughs> he, dumped it. he just dumped it over a bridge. His yeah, ashes. yeah. Obviously, the son completely not respecting the wishes at all. And just uh, dumped it, yeah. This guy lasted till he was 94 years old. Can you believe that? Yeah. With that, modern drinking and smoking and stuff that he was doing? Hey, they built him tough back then. That guy saw some stuff. Yeah, no kidding. Because these crimes were all before 1930. Yeah, that's so you're up and down there, too, yeah. Right, so it's just like, you got 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s. Gee, that's a long time. Molly, unfortunately... Marry somebody else, and she dies at the age of fifties because of diabetes. Yeah, yeah, right. That's a that's a, that's a sad story. But and then the doctors who helped with this poison insulin were never even tried. They were n- nothing. No nothing happened. No conviction. Nothing. Like another thing that pissed me off too was the sheriff in town. The sheriff in town, right? Nothing happened to that guy. Like I mean. Pretty much all the Osage got was 10 years for De Niro and Caprio, and well, that was... even Byron, the the older brother, didn't really get a whole lot because he didn't do... He was just kind of there helping. He didn't do the actual act, and so they didn't mm-hmm. give him, you know, anything uh, of a hard sentence. Yeah, it's it's sad, right? It's sad to think about, you know, and, and you hope nowadays stuff like this don't happen, right? But it's like, my God. Like, well, this this level of blatant genocide at this point, right? It's not even just racism. Like they're actually going after them, and then to completely just, yeah, uh, to have any disregard for the life of these people, and then to have the people who are supposed to be in charge to be like, oh well, that sucks. Well, how much money? Oh yeah, and then we get to see. <clears throat> in this movie how uh, there's such thing as Osage prices where they're just gouging these guys for mm-hmm. everything that they're worth. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It's a sad story about Charging it. I mean, the Osage prices? <laughs> I just... It, it's, it, it was interesting. How about this? Uh, I, I'm glad I saw it, but this is where we get into our popcorn ratings, right? Yeah. Um, I'm torn between a medium and a large, right? Um... And I always like having a conversation with you before I give my rating because it's like maybe you can persuade me one way or the other. You have it this time. I don't know what to give this, right? 
because the Oscars are telling me that this is a movie guy's large bag. And, but am I going to go back and watch this again? Like, am I going to watch scenes on YouTube? Do I think this is a legitimately, like, you know, a good movie that I enjoy? And I don't know what to give it. Are you struggling with yourself on that? Yeah, like, there's a lot of pros, and there's a, there's fewer cons in, in this one. But I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I think I'm leaning more towards large just because of the, the visual town. Like, it was gorgeous. Like, the scenery was it was vast. It was huge. It was grand. It it just looked really, really good. Everything about that just, I felt like I was there. Um, that runtime, obviously, is, is a hard thing to look at. But at the same part, I, I sat and I got immersed into the world, man. I, I, I really did. It was a tough watch. It's depressing to watch. I'm not probably going to watch it again anytime soon, just like you said. Um, and it, it's... Yeah, it's one of those where this movie could have, you could have cut out an, an easy hour, yeah. easy 90 minutes from this movie, and you could have had the same story. But, yeah. again, that added effect is going to increase the emotion. This movie was beautiful, man. It, it really, it really, really was. Um, I think they had a lot of subtleties in here. I like the way the mom died, Lizzie Q, um, the way that she was just kind of laying outside, you know, and she was, it was, was quiet. Then she woke up and, and her, I'm assuming her parents were there and in an Osage soldier with his hand out extended, kind of guiding her yeah. to the next. That was beautiful. Um, I liked how their symbol of death was the owl. Mm-hmm. That if you saw the owl, it was, you know, kind of a visualization of death. And then because Hale looked like an owl, he had it with those those eyes. He had it with the glasses on. And when, That's on purpose, you think? Huh? Yeah. It went, well, because Molly had that vision. Remember, she saw the owl, and then she she said, "Are you real?" And the part when Hale saw her, visited her on, on the the bedside. I I think that yeah, he is. He's death. Owl, yeah, He's he is the owl yeah. manifested. He is death. Uh, that's so, that's a very interesting point. So there's a. Uh, that maybe the only reason why I would rewatch this movie just to kind of pick up on those things. It's, but visually, I thought it was just a very impressive movie. On a technical part, it was a fantastic movie. I for that I give it a large, and I really hope that um, Lily Gladstone wins for this. I think that she should win for this. Um, I don't know who I need to. I haven't seen many of the other movies that were nominated, but she's already won the Golden Globe. Oh, she has. Yes. So usually if you win the Golden Globe, it's it's pu- usually a strong running to, that you're going to win the Oscar, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Um, I, Some yeah. people are pissed that uh, Margot Robbie's not nominated. <laughs> that's that's in its own thing, and that's on its own episode. We can get to that. But right, right. yeah, I, I can see why like a, a medium with some butter would, would be the, the way to go on this, just because, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, th- there is that, that – those glaring parts in our cons list that could kind of go up there. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think for the most part, I, I think this was, this was a, a, a good movie to watch. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. So let's, let's go with that. Right. So our, our first collective large for 2024. So this would be nominated for our movie guys awards. Right. I mean, you and I both are going to give this a large, 
Like it, it, everything you say, I totally agree with. The movie is beautiful. Of course, I'm a little bit ridiculous when it comes to my memory, but I would say the last movie that I saw that was a Western, if you will, that was as beautiful will be There Will Be Blood and Power of the Dog, like those two. Those are good. Um, right. And it's funny is that Jordan don't like Westerns, but I think Jordan likes Westerns. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just... I like I, a Western. Some, I mean, look, the older... We're, we're both... Yeah, we're, on, we're both white guys. You know, the older we get, the more we're going to like Western and war movies. Yeah, for some reason, the good, the bad, the ugly sounds pretty good right now. Uh, you know, I just... But something's it's, happening. It's also a good story. You know what? So the book was written by um, David Grant. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're going to see a few more uh, of his books adaptations going into into movies he did another book that was turned into a movie the lost city of zed lost city of z why, why do i know that yeah i know that why do i know that uh charlie hunnam robert pattinson tom holland wow. okay uh, yeah uh who were, were all in that about um uh, them mapping parts of south america in the rainforest yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, for yeah, for yeah. rubber tree, uh, for rubber plants and something like that, and then yeah, the the lost city. I I thought that movie was fantastic. Um, yeah, so there's gonna be some, this. Uh, so he's the new generation's Michael Crichton, if you will. Well, he writes these. These are all nonfiction. Oh. Okay. Because that 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 book is is based on um, uh, off of Captain uh, Piercy Fawcett. So it, that's a that's a real real story. So as is this one. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, overall, this movie is is good. Um, I think both. I think it's deserving of a large. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the year goes, right? Maybe something's going to beat it. But right now, yeah, it's a large. It's Check top, it out. Top running. Yeah. Um, if you guys have Apple TV Plus, that's where you can watch it right now. I'm sure it'll be on other platforms eventually. But anyway. We've gone on long enough with this review of Killers of the Flower Moon. So, Eric, thank you so much for joining me. And make sure to check us out at MovieGuysPodcast at Pondby.com or wherever you get your podcasts from here on. And like every Thursday, we'll be back for another another episode. (laughs) Eric, have a good night. Andre 3000 has come up with a new album and he, he doesn't even say a word. Correct. Yeah. So that key in peel sketch is correct from 10 yeah. years. Oh, ago. oh yeah. No, it's, it's oh, definitely. Oh my. He's a far away from Stankonia. Is anybody? Whew. Yeah. I guess he had just been rolling through Japan, playing weddings on this with his, his flute. <laughs> what? You're just screwed. Andre 3000 has traveled around Japan playing weddings at his flute with his flute? Not only exclusively weddings, but maybe one or two. He said in an NPR interview that he just was roaming. You know, he just had that stake only of money, the AT Aliens dough, and just went on his own. He forgot about the third one, right? to, To get it. The speaker box and love below. He got that money too, right? I, that is a record-breaking oh. album. Oh, good God! It is. Well, I mean, that. I mean, 
one would argue that Love Below and Speaker Box is better than Stankonia, one would say. Uh, I'd say it's pretty up there. It's pretty close. Oh, oh yeah, Roses God. is really good. Oh, yeah, they smell like poo-poo. Wow. Um, 